Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Headkey, and today I have none other than Canis Hoopus, editor-in-chief, Kyle Taggy on the show to talk Wolves, but specifically Wolves trade deadline and maybe just NBA trade deadline in general. So Kyle, how's it going? Uh, It's going well. Thanks for having me on. Um, Like we said before we started recording, we're doing this on Tuesday afternoon a couple hours before the wolves and kings which i'm sure we'll get into um tip off their first of a back-to-back kind of road series for the timberwolves so um but yeah i'm glad you had me on it's been a chaotic week already and we still have another 48 or so hours until the deadline yeah and the i just we've already had some action around the the nba so i want to touch on those type of things that have happened um and then we'll kind of get into more Wolves specific stuff. So the first thing, the first trade was the Karis Levert trade a few days ago. Um, that was actually, I'm trying to think, was there the, one the, before The first that? trade was uh, the the Powell and Covington deal yes, last yes, Friday. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. Clippers trade. So like yep. that one was kind of weird, I thought. Um, and I feel like people have said their piece on that one. And then Sunday, as we were sitting at the Wolves game and I was on media row and it was me, Judd Zolgad was right next to me. And then Dane, <laughs> and then Dane Moore was to the left of Judd. Um, and I don't remember who was sitting by Dan. Then we got the news like, oh, the Cavs just they're trading for Karis Levert. And then we're sitting there, figure out Ricky got traded, which kind of sucks for I feel bad for Ricky because he's kind of just getting tossed around. But that's what happens when you're injured and you're on an expiring contract. So, but we got that news. And that one was weird because, like, right, like the Cavs and Pacers were literally gonna play each other less than two hours after Mm -hmm. that trade was announced. So I thought that one was kind of weird. And now we have a similar thing with the Kings and Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves didn't trade anyone, but the Kings just made a pretty massive deal today with the Pacers sending out like Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald and getting back DeMontis Sabonis. And there's a lot of other pieces in that, but those are kind of like the big ones. So I guess my question for you is, do you like, what are your, general thoughts about that trade because that one kind of shocked me to see Halliburton traded but it didn't shock me that those two teams made a deal but the deal that they specifically made kind of was odd to me yeah no and I mean um my prep for this as your prep was and many of us is like I was binging the Dane Moore podcast and he had a a really talented writer podcaster on from the Kings. And they did like this breakdown of with a great name also. Yeah. Brendan. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah, name. It was just, it was just like, a. I mean, the, the trade itself was, you know, basically Halliburton and healed for Sabonis with other stuff mixed in, not really any pick compensation, serious picks either way. Right. Um, but I think it was shocking. And I think, you know, as it started to come out and Woj talked and people tweeted and stuff like I think most people were shocked because it was another one of those situations where I think everyone thought 
every player on the Kings roster was available except for Halliburton. And for him to be the guy that was moved, the young guy, the guy you have, you know, similar to Ant, because they're in the same draft class, you kind of have that like eight to nine years of control because, you know, as we've, we've never seen a rookie not really sign the rookie extension. So to get rid of the cost controlled guy, I mean, I like Halliburton a lot. I was down on him before only because people thought he should have gone ahead of Anthony Edwards, which I think today's trade probably puts that argument to bed because I don't think the Wolves would ever trade Anthony Edwards. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a shocking trade. I think, and this is just something like I'm older than you and this, I don't want to go on some rant, but like, I do tend to think that while everyone on Twitter, which is, I like Twitter a lot, but Twitter is just like a microcosm of the rest of the world. Like everyone shit on the Kings and probably rightfully so. But I mean, the, the Kings got a good player. Like yeah. they haven't had a Sabonis on their team where they could throw the ball into and he could get a bucket since they really had like prime DeMarcus Cousins. So I think it was shocking, but I mean, I think they got a good player. I don't know if they got better, but my overall thing is like, I don't think they moved the needle enough to like, now what? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like now sure. you're fully into De'Aaron Fox, who I don't know if everyone's really into him. Um, if Halliburton was available, then why didn't you flirt with the Ben Simmons idea thing more? Um, just a weird trade, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a great time. Like, what was your thought when it came across your screen and you saw that Indiana had traded two Jeremy Lambs? Like, how did you feel? <laughs> um, first, I do have to get a quick break in, so we're going to get a quick word, and then I'll answer that question when we come back. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so Kyle just asked me basically my thoughts when I first saw that trade go down. And it's been, I think it's been about five or six hours since the trade came down. I still don't really have my mind wrapped around it, but it was Sabonis. And according to Woj, it was Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Jeremy Lamb to Sacramento. <laughs> Um, for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So obviously one of those Jeremy Lambs, he corrected himself, but he had to go so fast because he had to be first, um, was Justin Holiday. So Lamb, Holiday, Sabonis for Halliburton, Heald, Thompson. Like you said, obviously the best player went to Sacramento in that deal. Um, I don't know. It was shocking to me. Like I read it and I was like, oh, they got Sabonis. And then I was like, oh, they gave up Halliburton. For Sabonis. And that's what really hit me. I was like, man, I didn't think that Halliburton, who's probably been the third best, definitely top five rookie from or top five player from last year's draft class. That's just kind of early to get rid of a guy like that. Now I get the Fox thing. A lot of people are saying, well, why didn't you just trade Fox for Sabonis? Chant like it takes two to tango. Maybe the Pacers yeah. didn't want Fox. And that's probably what it came down to. But 
Um, I don't think it's like lopsided trade either way. I just don't really know how much sense it makes for Sacramento. I think talent wise, it probably lines up, but I just don't really see how much sense it makes. I like it for Indiana. You got Halliburton. I think they're going to stick with Turner now. I don't think they're going to trade him at least not before. I agree with that. Um, you know, that opens up, he's the center. He can maybe expand his role a bit, little bit, see what he can do in an expanded role. And then if you don't want him, then you trade him. And then Buddy Heald's just a shooter. And um, Tristan Thompson, I'm sure, is just there to kind of make the money work and stuff. But um, he's a useful backup big, too, can rebound. So I don't know. I wasn't like, I don't know. I was a little shocked about Tyrese. That was like the main takeaway I had from it. Yeah, so my brain is, there. your brain has two sides. My left side of my brain is like NBA content and NBA news. And then my right side is how does all of the left side stuff translate to the wolves? I mean, a thought that came through my mind was like how it was basically Halliburton and a, a shooter for, you know, you can debate the all-star status, but like Sabonis has made a couple all-star teams, but it was this 2020 draft rookie and a shooter for Sabonis kind of reminded me of like, man, I wonder like what you could, what you could get, not that I would ever, but what you could get for Jaden and Beasley, because it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, Jaden was drafted, you know, a dozen or so more slots below Tyrese. Yeah. It's like that. a lower scale version, right? A yeah. little worse of a shooter, a little worse of a second, but you player. could throw, you could, you could have thrown a pick in there that would then make it way more valuable. Right. Again, right. I have zero interest in trading Jaden, but I just, that's how my brain kind of looked at it from a wolf's perspective. But yeah, I also, um, you know, we you you touched on the first domino of trade season, the the Powell and Covington thing. Um, obviously, the Blazers had their CJ McCollum deal today as well, um, and then the Kings, uh, and then the Pelicans were in that CJ deal. But you know, from another Wolves perspective, you're seeing all these teams below them trying to get better, of, trying to get better. But you know, if you go back and look at historically and read uh, deadline recaps for the last five years, like. A lot of these deals don't usually turn pan out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I have a friend who's a Bulls fan and the Bulls are really, really good. You know, the DeRozan signing was f- fantastic and B- Lonzo Ball has been great. They're already like, man, I wish we wouldn't have done the Vucevic deal. Yeah. And that happened a year ago, right? Like they get yeah. multiple picks and stuff. So I just think that like, while it's exciting, it's also depressing. I mean, there's, I have a lot of Blazer fans that are just beside themselves today. Yeah. Um, But I just, you know, it's exciting to see your team in a Woj bomb, but it's also risky and dangerous. And mm-hmm. it's why I sometimes, and oftentimes in this week, I'm like, you know, I'm okay. If I don't see the Timberwolves yeah, in any of those tweets. <laughs> yeah. And this year's different too, because the wolves are actually like playing well. It's not like, right, a, right. man, do we need to shake it up? This team is like kind of cool, but like in the past, it's been like that team's also been like 15 and like 30 going yeah. into the trade deadline. Yeah. And now they're, you know, three games over 500 for the first time in a couple of years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I am totally, totally with you. Um, and I can't believe I forgot to say the McCollum deal. That was one, too. Um, I am interested to see what that team looks like if Zion ever comes back. But even without Zion, I'm like, I just don't think that team's going to play any defense. Herb Jones is good, but like he can't do it all. And Valchunas isn't going to like carry a team defensively so brandon ingram's not a great defender um cj mccollum certainly is not a great defender i'm just i just don't know how that team would stack up on that side yeah, of the ball i mean from a video game standpoint they'll throw out 
Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Larry Nance Jr., if he's healthy, and then Valanchunas, and then you kind of plug Zion in and Herb Jones, obviously, whenever you know those minutes are available. But uh right. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, they're they're like, I know David Griffin is sweating it and has to make some moves, and you we have no idea what the Zion thing is. I mean, ironically, Zion's out here in Portland with me rehabbing his foot. Um, but at least they took a chance, you know, like mm-hmm. I'd rather that happen than whatever OKC is continuously doing. Um, but yeah, that was another major deal. But again, it kind of all harkens back to um, it just it, this. Those are fun deals. There's probably going to be six more fun deals. Um, but from a Timberwolves standpoint, this is a really odd week because in a sense, almost it's kind of like the SpongeBob meme like Squidward's in his house and he's watching. And he's looking through the blinds. Yeah. Yeah. And he's looking at, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick having a good time. Um, But I mean, that's okay. Like I'm, I'm okay if nothing happens. And, uh, you know, it kind of segues into like, I'm sure we're going to just hammer the wolves here on different deals. But um, before you can talk about the Timberwolves, you just have to like, I don't want anyone to send me any trade offers before they just tell me like, like Brendan just bought a house recently. I'm sure Brendan wanted a pool and a full court basketball court but he had a budget. So that was not in the budget. Right. So before you tell me what players you want, tell me what your budget, like, what are you willing to give up? Cause I've seen a lot of offers and they're like, yeah, you know, Josh Kogi and Jake Lehman and maybe Nas Reed and, and maybe this pick in 2027. It's like, okay, so your budget's $150,000 to get a house. (laughs) Like, right. Like you're probably not going to get much. So I think that's important because again, I think you and I are in agreement that we don't, I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you want them to be big buyers or just little buyers or just little buyers? Little buyers? I, just, okay. I would like to see some semblance of a backup big that can rebound for a little bit yeah. of protection of the rim and things, especially after seeing Nas go down. Not that Nas plays that role, but the thought of Nathan Knight or Jared Vanderbilt being the main backup bigs just is not one that I'm excited about whatsoever. I'd mm-hmm. be excited to see what Nathan Knight can do in extended minutes, but like not at the, at, at this point, trying to like, you know, win basketball games and get out of the play in up into like the sixth seed. So I'd like to get a backup big. I don't, I mean that backup big, like Dane was talking with Brendan, that could be Alex Len. Like, I don't care who that is. Just some, uh, he doesn't even have to be a guy that can, that's going to play every game, just somebody to use in spots. Yeah. And that's I what mean, I want to get. And that's a small deal. That's a Jake Lehman and a second deal. Yeah. I and mean, that's were, what I'm looking for. You were, uh, you were boots on the ground on Sunday covering the game for us. Um, and when I, when I saw Nas go down, I mean, first of all, I think that guy's made out of rubber bands because he takes more falls and is just never hurt. I mean, truly. Yeah. That is great. Like I'm happy for that. Um, but when he went down and he was clutching his knee, yeah, it was like, oh, they like with all due respect to Nathan Knight, who is a fun prospect. He like he, he if he was ever your backup center in a playoff game or a game of meaning, you are he's going to eat beyond yeah. reason because he's six, eight. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be nice if they had the Greg Monroe thing. You know, that just didn't pan out for whatever reason. He had a good stint. He left. I think he got signed recently. He's doing a 10 day with maybe Milwaukee. the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you like. That's not really sexy to be like, I would do Alex Len. I mean, I've always kind of been like what I would do layman in a second for Robin Lopez. Yeah. Um, some of these backup bigs have to fit your scheme, right? Like I don't, Robin Lopez is really slow. Like, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be able to run, but he's also seven foot one and has 
tree branch long arms. So, um, yeah, I but just, the, you know, the wolves have also shown kind of to cut you off a little bit. They've shown an ability to run a lineup, full bench lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can run a full bench lineup, maybe you're okay changing that defensive scheme. If you have the personnel to do the, the drop coverage. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. if they're okay with not playing some of those other guys, if they're kind of doing more of the hockey sub thing, then maybe you live with changing the scheme, but I don't, but I don't know how realistic that is on a larger scale. Right. And it, and it kind of goes back to, you know, now that we're just kind of full on wolves talk, um, you, you know, you, I get that we've seen lots of rumors and stuff. Like when people floated out the Patrick Beverly stuff, I think that's just like due diligence of being like, Hey, what would you give us for Patrick Beverly? And then they're like, right. I'll give you this. And then Sasha's like, Nope, that's we're good. Um, but then that, goes telephone to some reporter. Right. And then it's like, Oh, the wolves are shopping Patrick Beverly. Like, yeah, that's not true. Um, but you're not going to, would you be, com- I mean, whatever the deal is, let's not worry about that for now. Would you be comfortable if starting Friday, the Timberwolves had a new starter in their lineup? Because I like, I wouldn't like, I don't want to mess the starting five up. I, I think I would, but the, there's only two people, obviously that I would be okay with if they weren't in the starting lineup and it would be Beverly and, and Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt. I'm a little bit iffy on, but I wouldn't probably be okay with it. If one of those guys was also not on the bench, if one of those goes guys goes out in the deal and we have a new start, I don't really like it. It would be if like, I would, if we got somebody to play next to cat, I'd still want Vando there as the backup for, type of role Mm -hmm. but and maybe that's just not logical at all but i get what you're saying i don't i'd say probably not be comfortable with it it'd have to be like a really really specific scenario for me to be okay with it so i'd probably lean that would probably make me upset and again this is like probably the worst version of myself on any pod because i'm trying to just like neuter the fun but also and i think Britt brought this up recently like the trade you can you can make any trade work on the trade machine. Like yeah. you can go figure out how to get Ben Simmons. It, there's yeah. lots of different trade apps and all that stuff. But the trade machine, and not to sound all theoretical here and like a professor, but like it doesn't like these are human beings. Mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly are the two front and center pieces of this culture change. Now you can factor in Chris Finch as well, but like those guys are on the player wise. Yeah, if Vando is like re- quote unquote rewarded for busting his ass and never getting hurt and always just doing all the dirty work by getting a diminished role. I think that shit matters. <laughs> like I think behind the scenes that matters in the locker room. And you know, like I don't think Jared Vanderbilt should be rewarded for being an all defensive player by having less minutes. So that's why I go back to like, how are you going to, where are you going to find this piece for the starting five? And Let's just say we both agree that like, you know what? We're cool with the starting five. So then it's like, that's where we go back to now this next five guys, right? Like, do you want Jaden to lose minutes? No. Um, I want him to lose want- his power forward minutes. And I yeah, want those right. to turn but like, well, Where do you minutes. want that? You know, they've run into this situation where like, and it is, you know, the bench is going to probably regress. Like it was really bad. Now that it's been, really good. Like for, I think the yeah. last month though, like the highest scoring bench despite playing like the sixth amount of minutes or something. It's going to have to end up somewhere in the middle of those two extremes, you know, 
where it's like unplayable to best in the league, it's going to have to be somewhere in between. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and you know, even like a week ago I was, and I still am on the, on the backup center thing because when Nas went down, we just said like, there's nothing left. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in Iowa. Like there's no seven footer. You can just plug in. No. Um, the Iowa a week op- ago options are, yeah, they're small too. That's like Chris Silva yeah. and I don't even know who else in Iowa, but like not, there's no bigs. Cat is the only. Yeah. McKin- like McKinley Wright on top of McKinley Wright's shoulders. Like that's all they got yeah. for height. So um, I was interested in also trying to find like a emergency point guard. Um, yeah. And that was the other thing I was going to say too. But, and I, this is a really nerdy thing, but if you were, I remember when Dane had uh, Chris Finch and Gerson Rosas on his pod when they were in Vegas for summer league and the wolves at that point had not yet, I don't think signed Vando or Jordan McLaughlin. Um, but Chris Finch was like raving about Jordan McLaughlin, even though he was like an R restricted free agent. I think Chris Finch really loves Jordan McLaughlin. So I don't really know if there's a spot there either. Right. Like, I mean, we saw when the bench was balling the other night on Sunday, when you were there, I mean, Jalen Noel got his minutes zapped and a week and a half ago, we wanted Jalen Noel to buy the franchise. So I just, it's, it's just so hard right now with their playing well to try to find, I mean, I'll I'll throw some ideas at you. I kind of do want to, give you a couple of trade ideas and just get your opinion on it. But um, it's just so hard right now to find like, yeah, the wolves bench needs a three and D guy. Cause that's what you need when the playoffs come. What is more con- like, where are you going to find something better than Torian Prince without having to spend like, you know, picks to get a Harrison Barnes. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to give up picks yet because, and this is kind of my last thing to you and you and I have been two of the biggest optimists in the world. This has been the most fun Timberwolves season that I can remember at like my age. I mean, the Gunner sure. stuff was fun. The Butler team was good, but it wasn't sustainable or all that fun. Um, I think that, yeah. And I think the Butler team, I didn't follow the Wolves quite as closely then. So mm-hmm. maybe from outside looking in, not knowing anything about like relationship wise going on, mm-hmm. I could see how people would really think that maybe that was a more fun team. Cause they were like, I mean, they were like two games from being the three seed. Like they were there. Right. So I can see why people might think that one was, but like the vibes of this team, this is the best vibes team that I've ever seen for the Timberwolves. And right. one of the better vibes teams in the league right now, from my perspective, and I'm a little bit biased. And, and I'm biased too. At the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, whichever way you flip it, like I'm a fan. You're a fan, even though we cover them. Um, but I do just want to say, and I, I would, I wanted your opinion on this more than anyone. They're 28 and 25. It's really exciting. They're also seventh in the Western conference, right? Like this is one of those, not to keep bringing up random things like SpongeBob and TikTok, but like, this is one of those TikTok memes where it's like, tell me you've never had success without actually telling me you've never had success. Like, yeah, the wolves aren't like, they don't have a window right now. No, and I'm a huge fan. But like, I've seen people be like, "No, they, like they're good. Like they need to make a move now." Like, have you? Has anyone watched the Phoenix Suns play basketball? Yeah, the Phoenix Suns are on tier. another planet. Yeah, okay? Golden State is on another planet. They're on. Not, they're on other planets, missing key players. Right, like, and they are just. Beyond. That's not to poo-poo what the Wolves have done. They've had some serious injury luck. I mean, they have it again now, right? Like, I don't know who is on the Kings these next two nights but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Sabonis and it's sure it's not going to be Halliburton, right? But 
I just think that like the reason I say that thing about just being humbly excited about this Wolves team, I believe that this is more sustainable than anything I've ever covered or cheered for. But I also am just not in a mode where it's like, okay, we're three games over 500. Let's send multiple first round picks because I don't think we're at that avenue yet. Because again, the trade deadline is coming on Thursday. Facts. So is the 2022 NBA draft. So is 2022 NBA free agency. And so is the start of the 2022-2023 season. Like there are things that are going to come that if you've mortgaged all these picks, I mean, we haven't even gotten to this yet because it's not the right time. But this summer, like, who is the GM? Right. Who, like, do you, I, I'm fairly confident on this more than ever, but like, do you know Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are signing contract extensions? Do you know? Right. You, you don't know. I mean, you're, just, you're starting to open up these possibilities of, you know, the NBA has no such thing as a five-year plan, right? Like that interview question you always get. Yeah. Look at what, ha- look at the rosters of the league five years ago. And then look at it now. Like it's every year it changes. Like you want to have those assets or that flexibility. And that's why I circle back to like, I'm okay if they just make minor moves and don't start mortgaging future assets, because I think you just need to see what this version of the team does in a playoff round before you start like really boiling down, like, okay, in the playoffs, we got no production from anyone outside of like Carl and Ant. We need to upgrade at this position in this position or like, Vando is like, I want to adopt him. But if you find out in the playoffs that he's like unguardable or you know unplayable because no one's like respecting his lack of offense, like maybe that's an actual thing where it's like, okay, now we do have to move him to the bench. So I want to wait and be exposed come April. You know what I mean? Rather than mess up something before Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I probably have a take that you are not going to agree with about this so before i get that i do have to stop and get another quick word um from some of our sponsors so we will be right back and then i'll lay this trade on or not this trade but this idea right on kyle so we'll be back what's more important than peace of mind nothing and that's what nord vpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you are online And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by heading to nordvpn.com slash B-L-E-A-V or use the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do you want to make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that has outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years. I'm talking about art. Masterworks is a new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. 
See important disclosures at massworks.io slash disclosures. All right, Kyle. So I just told you before a break that I have an idea or maybe an opinion, I should say, um, that you probably won't necessarily agree with. So you've been talking about mortgaging future assets and whatever. Now, I am actually very okay with the Timberwolves trading their 2022 first round pick for the right thing. You're not just going to toss it in for anything. And there's going to be stipulations and and stuff. But the reason I'm okay with it is by the trade deadline, the Wolves have played two more games. So they'll have they'll be 55 games into the season. Meaning there is I can do my math right. 20 27 27 games left. Yep. They're seven games above the 10 and 11 seed. I think the 10 and 11 seed are tied. So there's seven yep. games up. They're at the seven seed. If the Timberwolves find a deal, say they can do some sort of deal where they're trading their first round pick this year, could be lottery mm-hmm. protected, or you could not do it. But I'm there's a good chance, maybe you do like top 10 protected. That way if the Wolves make the play in, but they don't, they don't get in like yep. they could still do. I don't know. Regardless, lottery protected, top 10 protected, whatever. Then you also throw in Leandro Balmero, who I'm sorry. I think he will actually, I think he will have a nice NBA career, but I don't see the spot for him on this team in the future. And we haven't seen a lot of him. He's played in 24 games this year. I think that he's not a primary ball handler. He's a secondary ball handler, secondary playmaker. But you have D'Angelo Russell, who's your primary. You have Anthony Edwards as a secondary. You have Carl Anthony Towns as a secondary. You don't need what Leandro Balmero brings. So if you trade that pick with Balmero, whatever fat salary filler you need to get somebody this year. I, I would do it. I would trade that pick because I'm confident in the record they have right now that that pick's probably not going to be that good to where you're going to lose your mind over it. That's the pick. I'm most okay with trading. I wouldn't trade 23, 24, 25, any of those. That's the one I'm most okay with because we're three, two thirds of the way through the season, almost. And we are, we have a solid record. So I'm pretty confident it's not going to falter so bad that you're going to lose like the sixth overall pick. Yeah. I no. don't think the Wolves are going to be bad, that bad. No. So I'd I, be okay with it, trading that pick, even not even for like a great player, just like a solid player who has a logical fit and just chance it that it works. Well, jokes on you because I have, I didn't get to expand on that, but I have no problem with that either. Like, when I talk about trading future picks, I'm talking about things in future years that you don't have any idea who's on the roster. Right. Right. And again, like I'm not saying under I'm I would bet heavy money that Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell sign extensions this summer. Um, but they haven't yet. So right. it's a risk. <laughs> um, so and one of the most as much fun as we've had now this year, and we've talked about how much fun it's been to cover and you know, do all this stuff like. One of the least fun seasons ever was last year, even though Ant was awesome, because I hated watching the Timberwolves standings on Tankathon, knowing that that pick wasn't going to go to them, right? They had an, right. almost an 80% chance of it 
going somewhere else. So I'm with you on that. I also think, so credit to you, I'm with you. I think I would give up that pick this year. The protections on it would be kind of wild. I think it's important to acknowledge too that like the Wolves are like seven and a half games up on the 11 seed. You couldn't, you don't even have to knock on wood. Like they're going to make some version of the playoffs. It's a, yeah. I'll just say it. It's a lock. However, you know, five teams in each conference don't make the plan, right? The bottom five. So that's 10. If you don't, advance in the play-in game, right? Like you get like if the Wolves got really unlucky and lost to the eight seed and then lost again to the nine or 10 seed, you are thrown into those last four that make the lottery. So I'm kind of with you on like maybe like top five protected or something just to prevent yourself from if you do win the lottery or something, you're not Somehow giving up. Somehow get super lucky, right? Yeah. Um, so I have no problem with that. I also think, and maybe you might've been in on this before, but I think you and I are the two people in the entire world who maybe has talked about this. The Balmero piece is like really weird and interesting to me again i'm not really saying you have to trade them but i just and this is what sasha and gupta and his front office do all the time but like you got to look at it like okay we know we're going to get deal resigned he's the point guard for the next five years right we know wink wink that we're going to work out a deal with pat bev and he's going to be the running mate that's with secondary russell yeah. for you know the next couple of years ants here um we have one more essentially free year of jalen noel but then if we like him enough, we're going to have to pay him. And if you pay Jalen Noel, whatever you pay him, you're going to have to give him more of a role. Yeah. Um, Jade McDaniels is awesome and super young. Jared Vanderbilt's super young. Um, Torian Prince is, I mean, he's an expiring, but he's not that old. He's like 26. So I do like circle back to this Balmero thing of, yeah, he might, you know, he might be that second chance that we never really had with a Ricky Rubio in terms of his flashy passing, some of his defense, but if you don't think he's going to like be in the top eight rotation next year, what, like, what are you going to do with them? Um, yeah. Because I think there are teams that are bad that would definitely look at him as an asset. Um, and he has a lot of good skills, but again, it's, it's not like we're trading Leandro because he sucks. It's we're trading Leandro because we just don't need don't think where he's going to, he's going to fit. And then that's when right. you circle back to like, again, you don't have to blow up anything that's contributing to winning right now, that 11 man bench. Right. But you still are finding a way to improve it. So I I'm, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't trade a pick that's beyond this year. Um, but are there, are there certain players you want to like talk about like targets? Are there certain yeah. deals that you've liked that have been rumored? I'll, I'll bring up that one thing. One point I wanted to, to also bring up that I forgot to mention when I was talking about our first round pick deal was the Wolves also have three second round picks. So and if, if they make it through the trade deadline and they traded that first round pick, but they still have those three seconds, you could take those three seconds. They have their own, which will be in somewhere in the middle. They have a more favorable one of Philly and Denver. So again, that's probably Denver and they will be somewhere in the middle more than likely. And then the Washington pick, which got a little bit juicier because yep. Bradley Beal's out for the season. Washington's already at 11th in the standings. So that's going to be like in the thirties. You can package a couple of those. And if there's somebody you like in the late first round, you can probably jump up and get that guy. Yep. And that, that's a good point. And I mean, or that, that can be your equivalent of like a first round pick in a trade. You trade it, those three seconds yeah. instead of the first and I know we're less than 48 hours away from the deadline. Um, and, you know, we talked to people. Um, I know for, I would be shocked 
if they're Thursday not going after into the draft. I would be shocked if Thursday afternoon they have three second round picks. Yeah, there's no that's, way that they, they have. Do. There's no interest. And again, too, I mean, we've we've talked. It could about be the name. smallest deal, but it could be layman and the second for something. Right, just from a roster building standpoint, you don't have the like the room to add all of those players. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a great point on the Washington pick with Beal being out. Um, they have assets that don't have to be first. Um, and I think seconds have gotten more value recently. I think teams I think so too. enjoy a couple seconds. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Uh, I just think, I think we're on the same page. And again, I don't think either of us is clamoring to trade Balmero, but I'd at least, no, yeah, I would at least, you know, if I'm Sasha and Gupta, I'd have all my scouts in my front office people. We would have met today over a big pot of coffee and been like, okay, but as we project this thing out for three to five years, do like what, what is his optimal role? And if it's pretty minor, I mean, think of again, like Jordan McLaughlin's been balling, right? Like plus minus through the roof, um, just an elite backup third point guard to have on your team. He costs nothing. Yeah. He costs nothing to acquire. He costs nothing to have on the roster. Um, like if he, if, if internally the team thinks that Jordan McLaughlin is just as good as Leandro Balmero, then you have to move Balmero by Thursday because what's the point? Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I'm not, like I, like you said, we're not pounded the table saying he needs to get out of here. He's not affecting the wolves. Right. I think it's just like, I don't see the logical place for him. And maybe I'm wrong. There's a lot more smarter people in that front office than me. There's at least a couple, you know? Yeah. Maybe one um, or two. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he could be somebody else could be like, I can see something in this six foot right. seven, somewhat athletic secondary creator ball handler guy. So all right, so you you asked players, people generally like to target. I think a player that'd be a perfect fit, and Dane talked about this, and he talked about the reason why it wouldn't work, but I thought Tristan Thompson would have been a great center to get. But obviously, like the whole deal with Tristan Thompson cheating on his wife with Jordan Woods, and now Kat's dating Jordan Woods, that's not really like... Yeah, sound, that's it. not like a healthy locker room situation. Yeah. Um, but beside that point, Tristan Thompson did just get traded. Doesn't mean he couldn't get traded again, but he's on his way to Indiana as part of the Sabonis deal. Um, that was a name. I'm going to bring up some of the names that have been that have been talked about. And the first one I bring up is the most recent one, where Darren Wolfson of KSTP and Score North said the Wolves have had interest in Montrez Harrell, and I don't know your ideas or your thoughts on this, but I. I hate that. I hate that. And I don't because, know because because he's well, an expiring it, it, contract. No, no. He, okay, that's and that's why you hate it. No, no, no. I don't think the role is there. He can't okay. shoot. He's great interior finisher, like one of the best finishers in the entire league. He doesn't help us on defense, and he's not a great rebounder. And those are the two things that the Wolves need most: is defense and rebounding. And he's not, he's not a bad rebounder, but like, he doesn't stick out to me as like, yep, that backup Montrez Harrell as a backup is going to be like our backup center rebounder. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to look, you are always more plugged into stats than I am. I thought Harrell rebounded fine. I'd have to, again, we can look that up, but um, I know that when he's on a bad team, he, I mean, he are this past week, he's, was already kind of ripping the locker room, which again, the wizards have lost a bunch of games. So that's frustrating. Um, but he is 
another, you know, he's from the Jared Vanderbilt tree of energy, right? Like Montrez Harrell, you were at the game on Sunday, right? It was a matinee game and the team came out flat as hell. Montrez Harrell is another one of those Patrick Beverly's Jared Vanderbilt's who's not coming out on Sunday at two 30 flat as hell. He's going to bring it. So yeah, I mean, the, the only problem I would have with that is that when we said Alex Len or the one I've always just been on again, is that Robin Lopez thing. I think those guys could be had for cheap and also not play and just catch DNPs. If you match up against a, you know, let's say you match up against the Warriors team in the first round in a two, seven matchup. And you don't really have a need for a backup big other than, you know, you just play Carl for a bunch of minutes and then you play small. Um, Montrezl Harrell doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be okay catching DNPs. So right. the last thing you want is someone who is in a contract year because he's an expiring, you know, catching DNPs in the playoffs on TNT and being, you know, for better or worse, pissed off about it. So um, Doogie, by the way, is just always spot on and very plugged in. So I would imagine they have had talks. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Wizards are probably selling now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I think I think I see the fit because he's energy. He rebounds a little bit. He can block a shot. Um, yeah, the defense might not be there, but I just, yeah, I just don't know if, um, I think the Timberwolves have a unique locker room in a good way. And I just don't know if I want to throw someone like that into it. Yeah. And he's also six foot seven. Like, yeah, he's that, not yeah, big. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I that's, well, that's why that's, that's the best point. Yep. That's right. He's not big and he's not a great defender. He's an okay rebounder. Like I said, he, his rebound yeah. percentage, like total rebounder percentage for him is like, this year it's 15, which is the second best of his career. Last year was the best okay. 15.2. Nas's total rebounding percentage is 13. And it's been around 13 his whole career. So he's marginally better than Nas as a rebounder. He's worse than Cat as a rebounder. Um, so I just don't love that idea. And like the biggest reason is that he's an expiring contract, and I don't think you're gonna re-sign him yep, because he's not the ideal backup, anyways. Um, if we're going for somebody, if we're going for a player that is on Washington, then I would like to see the Wolves try to get Daniel Gafford would be a good one, but also Kyle Kuzma. I would love to see yeah. Kyle Kuzma yeah. here because he's kind of like a, a younger, better Torian Prince. And I do. I take that back. I don't know how much younger he actually is than Torian Prince. I would have to I, check that. I do want to add, um, as I feverishly look up Kyle Kuzma's age, he's, 20, have, he's almost 27. There's He'll be 27 no, in the summer. There's really no reason that after the first week of the first month of the season, any of us listening to this have watched the Wizards. Um, they haven't really been a good product. Um, however, Kyle Kuzma, for all the negatives or whatever you want to say about his time in LA and kind of maybe he's his off good. the court demeanor, he's been really good. Yeah. Um, he's and he averaging was actually, like 16 points, 8.7 rebounds this year. He's been, he was a guy too that if anyone in that front office would have listened to a guy like me, I wanted him in the summer because I thought he was free. No, they got Jared Vanderbilt and that worked out yeah. even better. But um, yeah, Kuzma is a guy. I mean, that now you're starting to look at like, the only fear I have with that is like, what, is, whose minutes is Kuzma fighting for? You know, like, is yeah, and that, ever... that's where he's fighting Jaden and, and Jared yeah, and that's... more than like Nas. Right. Right. So again, I mean, but again, that was something to be rumored. I let's just throw it out there because it was really the one and not the one and only, but the big one, like 
more your instant microwave reactions on that whole Malik Beasley for Josh Richardson and like Aaron Neesmith? I don't like it just because I feel like Neesmith and it was either Neesmith or Langford. And both of those players, I'm just like not super high on. And like their shooting hasn't been reliable. You would say all you want about Malik Beasley's shooting, but those guys mm-hmm. have not been reliable as shooters right now. I think um, three point percentage wise, like Romeo Langford shooting 35 and then Neesmith is shooting 21% from three. Mm-hmm. And Neesmith was supposed to be like the best shooter out of that draft and yada, yada, yada. It just hasn't turned out to be that way. So I'm not, I'm not big on it. Um, don't like either of them really. And then Josh Richardson's the other guy. I think he has like two years le- or a year left on his deal after this year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind Richardson. I remember back in the day, Richardson was like the, the centerpiece of a Miami heat, Jimmy Butler trade that just never really happened. Um, but Richardson this year is like 10 points a game, you know, one assist, three rebounds, just shooting the ball. Well, I mean, 40% from three, but like, I just take Malik Beasley because parts. Okay. Parts that equal Malik Beasley is not a good trade because Malik Beasley isn't a great player in his own right. And you don't have the room to put, yeah. to play two guys. Yeah. And, and to, I'd again, rather attach just, assets and get someone better than two guys that equal Malik Beasley. And again, we're just stealing from Dane, but Dane kind of hammered that point home where it's like, we just got off of, you know, the, we're on this four game winning streak. The wolves are, and, We'll see what happens against these two Kings games. But uh, you have like an 11 man. If if all those guys that are questionable on the injury report play, you have an 11 man rotation all of a sudden. Yeah. It's so like Neesmith is just coming in as like, I guess, your developmental project that you just sent to Iowa, which again, he he's shown some flashes, but he has no room to play on this rotation. Yeah. So um, I also think it's at least worth mentioning just how how far Josh Richardson's stock has fallen. That remember he was like the he was so piece. Good. He it, was but remember so he was good. the untouchable piece in a Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah, and now it's like, I mean, the Wolves would have killed to have, and Jimmy wanted to go to Miami anyway, but it would have they would have killed to get Richardson a few years ago when Tibbs was in charge, and now it's like the Wolves are like, eh. I'm and his and sure his de- and his and his career maybe did take a different path because of all that, but still, like, it's not like he hasn't had opportunities to play, so it's not like he got thrown on a bench and he hasn't right. been able to show anything, for sure. Um. So now I'm thinking of other names um, that I wouldn't, that I would like, I would obviously have loved Larry Nance. I would have loved um, Miles Turner. Um, I don't, I don't know where I stand with some of with some of the deals. Um, the Marcus smart thing that came out, that was kind of interesting. Uh, but again, like I can't, I don't like attaching the assets to Beasley to get smart just because then you do lose that shooting. And I think Beasley's really coming around and the wolves are going to need like a knockdown shooter. And I was at target center on Sunday. And like when Malik gets hot, like he's hot and he is. And I think he's really found his rhythm more with that bench unit with Jordan McLaughlin. It's weird to say, but like he was saying in his post game press conference on Thursday or on Sunday, J-Mac's been his point guard mm-hmm. his whole time in Minnesota. D'Lo was hurt a lot. Then he's been off the bench. Like, J-Mac has been his point guard a lot. And he feels comfortable with that. 
Yeah. And I think, again, the reporting on that was pretty solid. Not, oh, none of this stuff is like transparent, right. but, um, you know, we just talked about how we would be pretty willing to give up a pick this summer. Um, if it was Malik Beasley and your first this summer, and that's all it would take to get smart, which I don't believe. But if that's the case, I probably would have faxed that one in myself because I just think adding Marcus Smart is not only Patrick Beverly insurance, because I think Pat Bev stays this summer. But I mean, that is, bro, that is a really annoying lineup. Like you put Marcus Smart and Patrick Beverly in some sort of yeah. playoff series. Like that's how and you slow can, down the Phoenix Suns. And he can, and he can play point guard in a pinch too. You know, if D'Lo and Pat Bev end up being out, you don't have to rely on Ant be like being the guy. Like he's averaging 5.4 assists this year. So he's used to having the ball in his hands, initiating offense. He's not great, but like he's always been a solid yeah, I got, guy. And uh, he can, and he can hit a three. He doesn't shoot yeah. a great percentage, but he's willing to take them, which, you know, that's, typically makes the defense respect you at least some like some um, sort of hybrid lineup in a, in a pinch in the playoffs coming out of timeout on NBA TV. It's like Pat Bev, Marcus smart, Anthony Edwards, Jane McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, just in this small ball five lineup against that's the when you flip, like that's yeah, that's tough. So yeah, that's tough to, that's tough for the opponent. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think Marcus smart has always had, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for him. I just, again, going back to the reporting, um, I think it was probably more than Malik Beasley in this yeah, year's pick. That's I mean, and exactly that's why I was that's what I was saying at the beginning too is I wouldn't do it because I just kind of figure it's going to be more than that. But if that's what it was, I'm not going to say I fax it in myself, but I'd be a lot more open and, to that trade. And just you know to take a timeout and kind of go to the side because we mentioned his name. Like to me, and I know like I've been like a fan. I've created a fan club and stuff. Um, but real from basketball talk, like I just think Jade McDaniel's is truly un untradeable. Um, in a good way. Like, I just think yeah. you look at how much he makes and how young he is and the potential he has, like he was really bad <laughs> for those first 35, 40 games of the season. Um, but you know, Finch has talked about it in post game, pregame shoot around. Like they have adjusted his shot a little bit. He doesn't lean back as much. He doesn't shoot such a moon ball. He's um, getting better with those long levers, man. The long yeah. levers are well, and working he, he, a little bit better. He's just, you know, it's tough for a guy like him. I mean, again, I, we've talked about this before, but like if he was on the magic, he would just, they would just feed him literally because he's so skinny. Like they would just feed him as much as he can. Like just go dribble, go shoot, go play, man, yeah. do whatever We're, we suck. It's tough to develop in a situation where you're like, as Dane said, like you're trying to be a three and D guy and you and want a three and D guy player, at yeah. all. Um, but I also think too, they're giving him a few more responsibilities. Like that game you're at on Sunday, he got a rebound. Like in the second quarter, just dribbled it up, shook a guy a little bit, and then just pulled up for like a mid-range. And he hit it. But it's like, oh, that's like literally the first time you've done that in a hundred and some games. So yeah. um, I just, again, like, I, I know that the cynic will be like, well, he's not untradeable if you can get Anthony Davis. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm just saying in any realistic for equal offer, value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, I just, I don't think, and we should probably just touch on him quick because, you know, whatever, it's been the rumor for a year and a half, but. Um, like, I just don't think I'm putting him in a Ben Simmons trade because I am a big Ben Simmons fan. I think his stock has been diminished greatly for just, I mean, yeah, he's not, I wouldn't have handled the situation like he is, but I think he's still a pretty good basketball player. Yeah. But I just think the 
this is a salary cap league. This isn't baseball. You have to have players on your team. You have to have steel contracts. Jared Vanderbilt yep. is a steel contract. Jared Vanderbilt today would make three times what he's making, if not more. He'd be making, you know, 15 million a year. Yeah, um, for sure. Jaden's the same way. Like you just, you have the back to that Halliburton thing at the beginning. Like you have player control at modest values for a really long time. And that's mm-hmm. how you are allowed to then re-sign Carl this summer, re-sign D'Lo, um, and do some of those kind of splashier moves on your books. So don't trade Jaden. The Ben Simmons thing to me has always seemed like a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 those are good talks about the Celtics ones in terms of smart and R- Richardson. What was like, has there, have you seen any other ones? Not, not really. Have you, there was a, there was a, there was a something today about like maybe Torian Prince and like a second or two for Thad Young. Oh, um, I didn't even see that. I mean, I was busy all day, so I missed a lot, but. And, and I, I like Thad Young. Um, he's been kind of buried in a weird situation down in yeah, San Antonio. Yeah. Um, I also think too, that if he doesn't get traded, he'll get bought out. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, the Spurs are 14 games below 500. Um, which is wild that Devon, you know, Murray could make the all-star team on a team that's that bad, but that's another topic for another day. Um, I just, you know, Thad Young doesn't like stretch the floor too much. Yeah. I don't think he's a phenomenal rebounder. He had a great stint here. Not he that big really. And again, yeah, he's just not that big. So again, this is like so not sexy, but in the end, like I just kind of, you have to shore up the backup center role um, because maybe you have a matchup too, where like if you play the Suns and Aiton's balling, I don't know if Nas Reed can guard him. So that's where Robin Lopez comes in. That's where. Especially uh, if you have Alex foul up. trouble, which cat in a playoff yeah. game is something I'm really worried about. What about, what about, now the Blazers are kind of in this weird fire sale, but trying to build around Dame at the same time, apparently thing. What about Yusuf Nurkic? Now the thing with Nurkic is you're getting him and he has to start. Like that's like mm-hmm. a start Cat and Nurkic together type of thing. And I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but I do wonder what it would acquire or what it would cost to acquire him and what that would look like on the Wolves. And he's playing like some of the best basketball of his career. Um, I mean, whatever, take it for what it's worth. Like, so when the wolves are out here twice and I cover those games, like the blazers are bad. So everyone's kind of crabby, right? Like that's what players are when your team's bad. Um, I don't know if he's beloved by all of his teammates. So again, I just going back to the Montrose Herald thing. I just, I don't want to add anyone that is coming into a situation where their priority is like their next contract or mm-hmm. minutes. Because I think the guys on the roster now have earned the right to chew up a lot of those minutes. Um, he's a good basketball player. I mean, that that one opens up a whole new can of worms because, again, like you said, you're now taking something that has proven to work, even with a little injury luck here or there, um, and like shifting your all-star center to like power forward mid-season. So I don't know like if that's – is that a risk you're willing to take? Like, I uh, I don't yeah. know. He's a good player, um, but I just I also wonder too, like on the value, like I I feel like the the Hornets right yeah. would offer up a first, and he would fit them so much better than yeah. And the Wolves wouldn't probably try to outbid someone for him. It'd be like, a, right. man, this is a good deal. We're just gonna like pounce on it. Um, speaking of the Hornets, and this has long been my favorite trade target for the Wolves. I've talked about this many times, and I I'm gonna get. I hope I don't get backlash from this. Cause I've been 
talking about the six, seven guys, the six, you know, Harold six, six or six, seven, you know, Nas isn't that big, but PJ Washington, I would love to get in Minnesota. And rumors are that he doesn't really have the role that, Mm -hmm. you know, he should have in, in Charlotte and they are, they're looking to potentially trade him. I think he's a good defender. And though he's six, seven, um, like Montrez Harrell, he's big. He's like 230, 240. He also shoots the ball, plays solid defense. So he wouldn't be a backup center. He'd be a starting power forward probably, but you uh, could play him in some center. He's played 80% of his minutes at center this year. Yeah. I uh, would love his fit here, but I don't know what it takes to acquire him. R- he's contract he's a rookie contract so contract extension eligible this summer so you probably have to you could play hardball again and do the restricted free agency thing like the wolves have had some success with um but knowing that at some point you're gonna have to either move him again or pay him um he's always given off to my untrained eye like the way you just scouted him and described him kind of like a poor man's john collins right yeah like some of the way like he's not again you and i are talking about all these guys that are under six eight um, but yeah, he would, he would, he would, he would realistically fit. Um, right. and again, though, I just, for the 900th time, you know, you know, who, like he's young, right? He's young. He's physical. He plays defense. So is Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> the, and the thing too, is like, I kind I'm really contradicting myself. He's a worse rebounder than Montres Harrell. Yeah. Yeah. Worse inside. I think I'm just thinking shooter to space the floor, which Harold's not more athletic than Harold, even though Harold throws down some monster dunks. I don't think he's like getting high to do that. I think he's mm-hmm. just like ripping the rim down. Um, and he's young and he's not on an expiring deal. He's on a deal where you're looking to extend him and yeah. you have like all the rights to do that. So I, he's just like the prototypical, like who we'd put next to cat. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm more okay with the rebound. I wouldn't want Harold and Cat next to each other a lot. I would love PJ Washington at the four. But again, Vanderbilt does things that PJ doesn't do, like the rebounding, more versatile defensively. But and, I and that one though, you can probably make work, right? Like you could right. you could keep all those guys. Like you could just tell PJ, like, hey, for the rest of the season, you're gonna be like kind of a six minutes, you're still going to sniff 28, 30 minutes, but you're just going to kind of do it in a different way. Um, yeah, because I still think the wolves, like I said, if this is a pod for a different day, but like, if you believe Jaden McDaniels is a small forward of the future and ant at some point is will shift back to his shooting guard. Yeah. It does open up like a spot in a three or four man rotation in the front court where it's like, we got to have more, more beef, more size, more athleticism. So, um, because again, when Nas went down on Sunday grabbing his knee, all of a sudden you were like, it's Cat, Vando, and Nathan Knight. And I just like, we love Nathan Knight, but he's he's DNPing throughout any playing in playoffs. He's never playing. So he's, he's too raw. So if you had to, for your backup center spot, if you had to pick between PJ Washington or Nas Reed, who are you picking? Uh, I mean, as the center, not to play next to I'm talking PJ, PJ Washington. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think you'd, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not even thinking just talent level, but I'm thinking like 
fit, role, defensive, like all of that. Because I'm taking I mean, PJ. It, yeah, I'm taking PJ Washington. I mean, again, Nas Reed is like such a good story. I think he could start on a dozen teams in the league. Um, I think it was increasingly fun to draft like a generic brand dollar store value, like Carlton yeah. Towns. Like, yeah. hey, can can our backup center do a lot of the stuff that our starting center does? That's cool. Um, I just think that is, and this is new for us, right? Like we haven't had a lot of experience with this, but I know that when, and you know this too, and the listeners know this, when when playoff basketball starts, everything, the screws get tightened and guys get run off the floor and are unplayable. Um, and I do kind of worry about that with Nas, as I wonder right. in a lot of situations, when you look at the West and who they could play, I just worry that he would, he would be unplayable. So yeah, the I mean, PJ other Washington. thing that I can see with it is a lot of times in the playoffs, you know, minute rotations get cut down more minutes to, you know, cat would be getting more minutes. Mm-hmm. So Nas's role, maybe cats playing 38 minutes a night. Yeah. 10 minutes. Right. Can you survive 10 minutes of Jared Vanderbilt as your backup five? Because a lot of teams go small in the playoffs too. Yeah, yeah. And you, you could. You know, I think in conclusion on an hour's talk of backup center, like the guy that I've always just wanted on this team is like JaVel McGee just because he can DNP. He's beloved as a teammate. Yeah. He's not going to get out of Phoenix, right? Because Phoenix is my pick to win the finals. But um, just like that, that's kind of the guy I've always wanted. There's not a lot of those around, but just like this seven foot guy who's. Well, Willie Collie Stein. Yeah, you know, like Willie, yeah, just those guys that you throw them in, they can get a couple rebounds just because they're humongous human beings, um, can block a couple shots and can kind of finish, you know, because Delo is such a great, you know, lob thrower. Um, those are kind of the guys I want. But yeah, I just, right. I think in general, um, they just got to find another body because. You know, if, if D'Lo goes down for a game or something, you have viable options. We've seen, obviously, Pat Bev run a team. I mean, you can't replace D'Angelo Russell, but you, you've seen Pat Bev do it. You've seen Joe Noel. You've seen Jordan McLaughlin. You've seen Point Ant. It all can kind of spare you for a game. Um, but if but behind Carl, there's just really not a lot that I trust. And that's no diss on Nas Reed, who has come a long way from his LSU days. Yeah. But uh, I just think to feel better, because again, as we said, they're going to make some version of the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to play not even optimistic. Just look at the schedules, right? Like this Kings thing fell apart now that they're going to be playing the JV version of that. And the Timberwolves yeah. love to play down to their competition. So I'm not just sharpening them into sweet, but they have six more games before the all-star break. And I know you, you and I were kind of going back and forth on this. Um, and it's like two Kings games, a bulls game on the road. That's going to be tough. Um, a Pacers game. Now Which that you don't know, it's going to be weird. Yeah. You don't know who's going to play. And then you host Miles Turner is still going to be out. So they're going to get like Golga, but Todd's eight minutes there. Yeah. So, and then you host the Hornets and, and Raptors. And I just, you know, realistically think four and two is really good, but yeah, they could go five and one. They could go six. No. And if they do do that and they just sprint into the all-star break, um, it's going to be hard when you start to look at other team schedules. Like I think the Clippers and Mavs play twice next week or this week, like, those teams are going to cannibalize themselves that um, all of this would be solved if you just make right. the 60. Well, the That's Clippers, all- the Clippers have the third hardest schedule left in the league. Um, Minnesota has, according to Tankathon, just just straight up like yeah. against Tankathon, I think just uses like winning percentage for opponents remaining. Wolves are at 19th hardest, so like the 11th easiest. 
Um, and then the other team was Dallas. Dallas is at like Dallas and the Wolves have virtually the same strength of schedule left. So really it's like the two LA teams are, have really tough ones. And then Denver is in a tie basically with the Wolves too. So it's going to be like, who's going to win the games that they're supposed to, Mm -hmm. to kind of push up into that spot. Yeah. And then, and not to get too ahead of ourselves, we'll talk about this on another day, but uh, if the Wolves do lose, one of these next six games and you feel down about yourself, just go look at the March schedule and just, yeah, check because, and just check how you're, and just check your expectations too. Like, but right. Right. Yeah. I just, I was meaning like, you know, March 1st, they, they play, they host the warriors and what will be a really good game, but then it's like, OKC, Portland, Portland, OKC, Orlando. And none of those teams, I mean, all those teams are going to be sending long injury reports and they're just going to be, there's a lot of very, very winnable games on the schedule coming up in March. Um, there's winnable yeah. games with these two next ones in Sacramento. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, unless you had another trade thought, I just, I think in general, this is new territory for us because we're not sellers. <laughs> um, but I also don't think not being aggressive buyers is the worst thing. Right. It's right. not, it's, it's very cliche and it's not fun and it doesn't show up on your phone. But like this grass is greener syndrome, like it's not always greener on the other side. It's not going to always work. If Ben Simmons stuff that he's going through is real, Dude, what if he can't that. play this season? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to add a guy that can't play and now has distractions and you have all this national attention. Like as much as you and I would love for the Wolves to get more love. Oh, in... cats, cats shooting in the three-point contest. Oh, is he really? Sweet. That's okay, sick. good. That's well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, yeah, is as much as you and I would like the wolves to get some more national love, which I think they've started to get. Um, it's also, I want to fly under the radar. I don't yeah, want the national. flying under I the radar f- is also cool too. You, yeah. you don't want not that you're going to fly under the radar and like make a push for the championship, but just like maybe next year you can be like, Oh damn, this team's fighting for the four seed. Like who saw this coming? Oh, well right. they were kind of flying under the radar last year. Um, okay. You so just- I'm going to fu- you got something more to say? Well, I was going to say, you just, dude, this isn't, this isn't the, this isn't football. Yeah. You don't, there, there is, I mean, the wolves will never be like the Rams, right? Like you don't just sell all these, your draft picks and get all these guys. Like, that's not how this works. I mean, even the Suns went from like, you know, they had that bubble experience where they're really good. And then they made up like, okay, that was a building block. Now we get Chris Paul. And now we take this next step. A lot of these teams, you got to do it in steps. You got to climb the ladder like everyone else. So the wolves just got to get in the playoffs top six or bust kind of, in my opinion. Um, and then just see how these young kids, cause again, we've been on this since October. They're the fourth youngest roster in like in the league, depending yeah. on how all these trades yeah, right. make some stuff out, but they entered the season, the fourth youngest roster in the league, even though they have two guys on max contracts. So see how these kids perform. And if, Jaden shits the bed entirely or Vando, you know, one of these guys doesn't work. Then, you know, you can trade them, but it's just, you can't do it right now because there are other trade deadlines and other drafts and other free agencies coming up. And that's when you can kind of make your mark. All right. So, and I totally agree with that whole sentiment you just have. So I'm going to fire off. I want to do some quick, I want like quick answers. Okay. Rapid fire questions for you. All right. So first question, favorite trade target for the Timberwolves. At the deadline, just give me a name. I, Don't say anything. Don't okay. Just Robin Lopez. Name. Okay, and I and we know why that is. We talked about that earlier. Okay, next one. 
Do you think the Timberwolves more likely trade for a center? Or if it, is it more likely that they trade away Malik Beasley? Trade for a center or trade away Beasley? I don't think Malik Beasley gets traded because I think they need shooting. So I think it's more likely they're going to, I would be shocked drinks on me next time I'm back. If they don't add another center, because like, as we said before, you can't have all those second round picks. You got to do something with them. So you might as well do something with them now and try to find some sort of upgrade behind cat. Do you think Jordan McLaughlin is the viable third point guard on this roster does that need to be upgraded i have not always been a jordan mclaughlin fan i don't think that matters because i think chris finch loves him so yeah i think jordan mclaughlin will be the third point guard on whatever version of the playoffs the timberwolves make do you think anthony edwards was snubbed for the replacement over Dejounte murray I had to eat. I need a little space on this one. I had a. I need some crow because I didn't know the Spurs are a bottom five league pass team. No offense to them. Like the Spurs are the Patriots of like you've won all these titles. Take your medicine. Just like be bad for a couple of years. It's okay. You were the face of the league for a decade. Um, I didn't know how well Murray had been playing. I think without the him, the Spurs might have ten wins. Um, Cause they don't have a lot of blue chippers on the team. So he's playing great. And I think he deserved it. Okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. If Ant isn't in it, because I think Ant needs to do as little basketball activity for a week as possible, because I think he hasn't, I think his knees are sore, nothing bad. I, just, I think he's a sore, tired guy. Um, I do. And I know you'll love this. I find it ironic that a really good player with really good stats on a really bad team made the all-star game. And everyone was cool with it because I was a fan of the Timberwolves when Kevin Love was here. And, and they, even was always Al Jefferson. Stats. Yeah. Even Al all, Jefferson. Or even some of those early lean Carl years. Like it was always yeah. like, you know, good stats, bad team guy. Um, so I didn't know how good Murray was. And Murray is balling. But I also at the time didn't know that the Spurs were 14 games below 500. Yeah. So was he snubbed? Sure, whatever, maybe not. Um, there's but, other guys too, but there, there's other guys that were there, and too, and it's kind of weird that I keep referencing this, but like Dane really did nail it on the head a week and a half ago. If the Wiggins vote in thing doesn't happen, he doesn't make the all star team, and Dejounte probably it. does, right? But then Ant probably makes, makes it as the yes, clutch related, you know, fill in. So, yeah, it sucks. Ant's gonna make a lot of all star games, but I, I do enjoy the fact that that guy's not going to have to play extra meaningless basketball because I think he needs a break. Right. And he'll be in the rising stars game also. Yeah. yeah okay. Do have you seen, this is going to lead into another, another question. Have you seen the list of who is in the three point contest? Yes, I have now. So I'll read it for everybody else. Zach Levine, Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony towns, Fred Van Vliet, CJ McCollum, Luke Kennard, Patty Mills, Trey Young. Do you think Cat has a better or worse chance than a 10% shot of winning that competition? Worse. I, I love Carl Anthony Towns. He's too slow. I, I don't think he'll I finish just, it. I just, I think like he just, I mean, he just, he's got to pick the ball up from really low. 
And I, and I mean, like it's basic things. It's nothing against his shot. He's one of the best shooting big men of all time. It just, it's an unnatural rhythm for him. I think he's going to rush Trey young and Desmond Bain and Patty Mills are just going to get more shots off and be more comfortable. Yeah. And it's not that he he has a slow shot, but it's like, you got to rush through that. And, but I, but I'm interested to see it. Okay. Last one. And I, you probably could talk for hours on this. So I, I literally implore you to give me a one word answer. Deal. Deal. Okay. Was D'Angelo Russell wrong to say that the Wolves have some quiet ass fans that need to get involved in the game? No, I agree. And if you want to see Kyle's reason on that, go to his Twitter. And he had a nice thread. Was it a thread or were they individual? Tw- no, no, you know, quote I, tweeted every one. I, I didn't even know how to quoting. do it. That tells okay. you how old I am. Um, but he had some, I thought you had great thoughts. And then I don't really need you to expand on them because you probably said your whole piece on there. But I, I totally agree with a lot of what you said. Um, obviously, Jim, Pete, and D'Lo had a couple of tweets at each other and whatever. Um, but if you go to the Wolves game, uh, just stand up until the wolves score and maybe like clap a few times. And I think that the world will be a happier place. D- I know you didn't want this, but it does no, you're kind fine. of way to the end. Like Delo said some correct things. The fans had some correct pushback. Everyone around it had some different opinions. Um, but to encapsulate this whole podcast, this is new for us, right? Like at the right. end of the day, Brendan and I cover the team. Dane covers the team. You know, John Meyer covers the team. Jack, uh, Mike, all the Tyler, all these guys, Jake cover the team. Um, but we're also, you know, most of us are fans and we're not used to this, right? Like this whole trade deadline, we're not, we're okay if we don't buy or sell, right? Some of these teams like the Portland Trailblazers had two more days to sell before shit really hit the fan. The Pelicans were going to lose their GM, the Kings, all the players hate each other. <laughs> um, the Wolves aren't like that. Like you said, some of the best vibes in the, in the league, They have all their picks right now. They have new ownership, which has done some good things. They have one of, if not, you know, one of the most promising under 25 players in the league. Um, So it's good, right? I'd I'd rather be having conversations about who needs to be louder as this team continues to win than like who needs to be fired or who needs to be sold or is the team moving? Like, Like you said, Russell has done a lot to engage with the fans. The fans have to pay the can do whatever the hell they want. Really. I mean, you pay money to show up to the game. If you want to snooze or you want to booze, like it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's, it's a good constructive conversation to have because I think again, like a, like those, you remember we had growing pains of the teenager. I think we're in the growing pain stage of like elevating themselves out of the doldrums of the Western conference And this is one of those conversations you have like, Hey, you can expect us to play well and win every night. And we expect you to be loud. And I think that's a very, very respectable give and take. And, and like you were talking about in your thread, and I'm not going to really expand on this, but like, it really does open up a conversation about like ticket prices and like marketing and all that and that stuff. And that's part of the reason why the stadium is so empty, but it is but they're, about they're fun. They're fun. They're you fun. know what I mean? If yeah. you can get to it. And a there's game. fans. The fans are, I mean, it sucks with the TV contracts and all this, but like it's a fun team to watch. And there are fans there. Some of them live two hours away and can't go on a random Wednesday night because they got school the next day. But the fans are out there and they're gonna start showing up more. And I promise you, when the Timberwolves host the playoff game in April, 
that place can be packed. And and I said this to to our buddy Jake painting the other day. Um, and you know, Brendan's a great example of this. Just got engaged, bought a house, planning a wedding, got a really good job at like a school. You wanted all those things in the past, right? But you had to enjoy the grind of getting there. You had to enjoy sure. the grind of buying that ring, of getting pre-approved, all that stuff. Um, very few fan bases have more scar tissue than the Timberwolves. Very few fan bases have more reason to have bailed on their favorite team than Timberwolves fans. Um, I think it's okay to trust. I think it's okay to not worry about the past, not worry about the future, and just enjoy that this team essentially every single night can win a game. That's not something we're used to. So embrace them, trust them. And if they let you down, then yeah, boom a little bit, you know, talk, you know, get online and air it out a little bit. If you went in trusting them and they lost to the Pistons at home, but they're not doing that right now. So they're trying to build up your trust, give them yours back. Um, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun last. What did we say? 20, I think it's 29 games. 29. Yeah. So, um, and it's going to be free basketball at home. Like it's almost a lock. So um, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun spring pack the target center, be loud. And uh, we'll see who is on the 15 man roster come that time. For sure. And like we said, we are recording Tuesday evening. It's wrapping up a little bit before seven o'clock, couple hours till tip. A lot of you are probably not listening to this till Wednesday. Um, so hopefully this isn't extremely outdated. There'll probably be a trade that goes down immediately after we end the zoom call, but Regardless, uh, thank you, Kyle, for coming on. I appreciate it. We didn't actually go for an hour and a half, which is probably a first. We, we, we will, though. Once playoff time comes, we'll just do day-long podcasts. And we'll just have to live stream it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, glad we could get this done so that people can listen on Wednesday and and talk about all our hopefully not outdated takes. But um, do you have any last words before we head on off into this Kings doubleheader before Thursday. No, I mean, like I said, the wolves um, it's known now the wolves have gotten pretty lucky on injury front. Just a lot of teams missing guys. Um, They have a propensity to play letdowns. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, you'll, you'll know whether that was right or not, but um, they, they have a clear path. If they, this sounds so cliche. If they want to finish in the top six in the West, they have the the horses to do it. Yeah. They have the opportunity. And I'll just one last thing about that too. They've taken advantage of the, of the players being out and they're winning the games they're supposed to. So that's a big thing too, but won't take any more of your time. And I know I want to get some supper before I watch this wolves game. So again, thanks Kyle. If you guys want to follow Kyle on Twitter, it is at Kyle Tige. That's at Kyle, just how you would normally spell Kyle unless you're weird. And then Tige is T H E I G E. And again, Canis Hoopus, editor-in-chief. Check out canishoopus.com. I write there. We have a lot of other guys that write there as well. We do a, f- we do a fantastic job. I'm going to like put that out there. We are the best <laughs> hey, we, in the world. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, you know the Wolf Among Wolves crew joined us as well uh, this past offseason. So just a lot of good daily content. I appreciate everyone that writes and podcasts and listens and comments and all that stuff. Um, it's Again, it's, it's a good... St- time to enjoy the Timberwolves because I think they're a really fun group of players to kind of get behind. So, and we got, and we have somebody covering every game at target center. So yeah, we all, we're seeing stuff firsthand and all that content is up on the website too. So 
But anyways, this has been the uh, Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Brendan Headkey, and I will be back probably after the trade deadline unless the Wolves do nothing. But anyways, go Wolves. Stand up till they score tonight in your living room, please. And peace out. <laughs>